do not push the button. You have no idea what it is. The- Talking Tech with the Techie Guy, Leon Seger, on CliffCentral.com. Right, we are live. I think we're live. We should be live. Could you hear us? Some of us are going to be live. Right? Can you hear us? We're good? Okay, so welcome back to another Talking Tech on cliffcentral.com. My name is Liron Segev, and this is yet another one of our shows. We have done a lot of these. And in studio, we've got Daryl. Daryl's in studio. Hey, how's it going? RTD Africa, you good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So, another full, fun-filled tech week happening. Yep, looks like it. Uh, It looks like, oh, this tech thing never sleeps. (laughs) I'm thinking towards the end of the year, things should calm down, but not. No, no. It it seems to be kind of, everyone's heading towards the Christmas the Christmas rush, right? Christmas tech rush. That's what we can call it. I think, well, it's coming because, I mean, uh, the problem is, you know what I tell you what people don't realize is that this Rand dollar has gone for a ball of shit. <laughs> so we got all these amazing tech that's coming to our country being bought at like 15 Rand to the dollar. Yeah. I wonder what's that going to do to our pricing at the end of the year. <sighs> it's going to be interesting, right? Yeah. It's going it's to be something. Let's put it that way. All I know is all I want for Christmas is a BBA droid. Is it what? A BB-8, BBA droid. droid, yeah. I've got one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap okay. it up and send it through to me. Do you not mind re-gifting? That's what you're trying to say. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. That's I'm, cool. I'm, I'm, it, I'm putting it out there. All right. No, no, fantastic. Listen, we've got some quite a cool show lined up. We've got um, Ryan from Emote who's coming in to chat to us all about social media and everything that's cool that's happening out there. You know, the question I posed is why the hell do we follow brands? So, you know, nobody gets excited in the morning to say, oh, I wonder what Colgate's doing today and I wonder what my old brand cereal's doing today. So why do we do it? Ryan's going to answer all those questions. No pressure, Ryan. Ryan's looking at me going, oh, <laughs> I didn't prep for that. I wonder what Durex is doing today. Funny enough, people are very excited to watch what Durex <laughs> is doing today. Okay. Um, so we're going to answer those questions specifically to do with, um, they've got a package called Hootsuite, which people have heard of and have used, um, especially when you want to man- manage multiple accounts, um, which kind of you kind of do, especially since you want to schedule things. So Ryan will give us all those details a bit later. Um, Kicking it off, though, we want to speak about Indiegogo, one of the you know, really cool crowdfunding platforms. We all heard of Kickstarter. Indiegogo kind of seems to be up there, but not really, but then it is. Um, but I've been following a campaign, which, Daryl, I think you've been following as well, yeah. to do with these amazing backpacks. Yeah, it's, Tell me about this. It's from a former student of Aga Khan Academy in Mombasa. Um, the student's name is Salima Visran. Um, what she's essentially done is she's essentially created a backpack that creates solar lighting for students to do their homework at night. Ooh, okay. It's, yeah. it's really cool. It sounds like such a cool idea. And from what I've seen, the, the battery pack actually charges throughout the day, obviously, as the kids go fast, sure, fast. But I mean, it's solar is the solar panel on the actual backpack themselves, right? Yeah, it looks like it. So what it does is it takes four hours to charge. Okay. And the LED light on the backpack provides seven to eight hours of lighting for the Smart. student to do their homework That's at clever. night. Very, very, cool. very, very cool. But I think what's cool is also is that it's taking kind of a situation that we have a problem and making it work. Yeah. So, the, I mean, a lot of these, what people might not know, especially the guys who are tuning in from across the world, some of these kids walk good three, four, five kilometers to school every day. Yeah. Um, they can use those to charge. Them. So, I mean, effectively, you've got time out in the sun, and this is quite a serious African sun as well. Yeah. Um, so using that kind of tech to charge up your backpack and using it something at night mm. makes complete sense to me. It seems obviously it seems too obvious, no? Yeah. So 
What's and, the deal? And to think about it, I mean, if you if you think about how some kids are lighting up their workspace, they they're using gas, which can't be good can't be for good those for kids. No, nah, sure. Especially when they they're trying to they're trying to do their math homework, their science, their whatever, and they they're inhaling fumes. That's crazy. So why not put to ba- put together Ma- a backpack? Yeah, no, and, ma- and make it work. Now, yeah. I, I saw that they raised like thirty-eight thousand dollars. Yeah, thirty-eight thousand. Um, and what you think about it, it's not a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but in African terms, that's a shitload of money. Yeah, it's that's a, a technical term, by the way. I mean, that's just in case you didn't know that. Yeah. So in January, they raised the thirty-eight thousand yeah. uh, dollars, which was used to place an order of two thousand of these solar backpacks. Crazy. Which were distributed to uh, Kikambala village uh, for the pilot project. So is this the beginning of more things, do you think? Is this like a test? They'll pilot it, see how it goes, make changes, and then sell a lot more to the UN and things like that? Uh, it looks like things are already kicking off because they've delivered 500 backpacks to Kikambala Primary School in Mombasa County. Okay. So it looks like it's going underway it's it's all happening yeah but i also see something to do with unicef as well and the kenyan government getting involved into the project um i I mean it makes sense for the government to start backing some of their local entrepreneurs doesn't it yeah it it does make sense so i think that the government really should start looking at these innovators and entrepreneurs to who are trying to like protect kids from gases and stuff like that as well as give them light for their homework well, I think this message should be to the South African government as well. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, look, I think these are, that's that's kind of, I mean, we've had lots of entrepreneurs on the show before. We, the guys are in great startup kind of space. And the problem is that they're finding these brick walls all the time with government. Yeah. Especially when it comes to kind of regulatory things and people really stepping on their turf. But the problem is that government, on the other hand, keeps on preaching to us about how entrepreneurs are the future and SMME is going to create employment, blah, blah, blah. But where's the backing for it? That's the thing. Simply fill out these 3,000 pieces of paper, and of course you can get your funding. I don't have a single company to date that's received government funding on that level. Exactly. It's all done by Kickstarter and stuff like that. People investing in people. Isn't that quite cool that you can actually have a – look, I, I, I dig these platforms for for this reason of you, you've never had A-B testing in your life like this before. Yeah. Where you put a product out, you put a price point out, and now people can choose, yes, I'm prepared to pay or no, I'm not. And then you make adjustment as you go mm. as you go go along. If you put out a product for nine dollars ninety nine and not a single person wants to back you, yeah, dude, is either a crap product or just a bad pricing point. Exactly. Rebrand, try something else, and then it costs you nothing. Whereas in the past, you would have had to actually launch with the stuff mm. and then see if if there's actually even a market for what you're trying to do. See, if if I had the cash to invest, I'd probably be going through Kickstarters, going, okay, I'll choose you because you're helping African kids. Right. I'll choose you because you're pushing. Um, entrepreneurship in Africa sure. and education, you know. I, I wonder if there's a, if there isn't going to be a Kickstarter where you can actually invest in the company itself, as opposed to just buy their product. You know, like almost like a share scheme kind of thing. But I'm sure there's a whole regulatory issues with that as well. Yeah, there probably would be. But I think it would be a great idea though, because I might dig that product. But if I dig that product, I probably dig the company. And if I dig them, I probably would want to invest in them. Yeah, that kind of just would make would make sense. 
Um, I think there's a lot of disruption happening in the financial markets anyway, mm. whereas people are lending to people, not going through traditional institutions anymore. Yeah. Um, charging kind of their own lending rates versus what the government dictates. Yeah, but I mean, why should the big corporates make all well, the boodles of money and yeah. we are sitting back going, okay, but I could do but that. But I could do that. But I, I think the um, financial disruption is going is going to be the next big hoo ha. Yeah. That's going to that's going to attack something like twenty two seven. We've seen already do um, do their bit. Um, you know, a lot of the like NetBank offers a facility you can see what's happening with your accounts because we all think that if we have one less latte, it's all of a sudden going to pay off our bond. <laughs> Fuck, that's not going to happen. Yeah, okay. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. So that's quite a cool. So like, I mean, it's quite a cool story. Are you going to you can carry on following that story? Yeah, definitely. We'll be. I want to see what they're going to get up to next year as well. So if you follow me, you can. Find out what's happening cool. next with them. So, since we're on that topic, um, what's your Twitter handle whilst we're here? You can get me on at IT News Africa or at Daryl Linnington. I'm going to spell that one out. Uh, so so I was going to say, you probably should. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> so it's D-A-R-R-Y-L and then no spaces, one word, L-I-N-I-N-G-T-O-N. Everything's just one word. Get me on that. Cool. And then um, just to tell um, IT News Africa, um, just give us that URL as well. It's www.itnewsafrica.com. You can check out all the news articles and opinion pieces that get published on the site by yours truly. Ta-da. Dum, dum, dum. Right, that was enough self-plugging for one day, I think. <laughs> um, I think let's go around the studio. We're going to talk about social media. So if you're one of those people who keeps on seeing brands saying, follow me, join the conversation – um, we're going to tell you all about that. And I have to do the same. If you want to follow me and join the conversation, um, get a hold of it at cliffcentral.com, which is our Twitter handle. Um, otherwise, get a hold of me is at Leron underscore S-E-G-E-V. Um, yeah, let's talk social media. Oops, I think I pushed the wrong button. We're still here. Uh, still here. All right, fine. Let's get, let's skip that. So I'm obviously pushing, switching the wrong stuff. All right. So, um, Ryan's in here. Um, Ryan from Emotes, the company. That's it. Okay. I just want to make sure I got that, got that, that, that part right. How's it going? Um, right? All good. You so, guys. um, CEO of Emote, Ryan Silberman, who's going to give us some cool story that you've just guys have just managed to secure an awesome deal with the Hootsuites. Tell us about all this. Yeah. Sure. Just before I get into that, um, by the way, there's a there's a lending club in the UK called uh, the Social Lending Club or really? thelendingclub.com, oh, which is go. exactly what you guys are talking about, where investors can you know invest in in anyone who's looking to raise funds. So you should definitely. I think that's that. something that needs to move over to Africa yeah. as well. Indeed. But do you think we'll, do you think we can just replicate that, or do you think we have to kind of make it African? Well, I think there's regulatory hurdles uh, yeah, to, to look at. Um, there always are, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But definitely. So what was that, what was that URL called? Uh, uh, the lend, the lendingclub.com. Lendingclub.com. Yeah. Yeah, we can call it Mlesa <laughs> or Mlenda. <laughs> or Elanda. Yeah, Elanda. <laughs> All right, fine. Cool. All right, see, look, oh, see, useful information, not just on your topic. Sure. Right. All right, so let's get back into into the swing of things. We have social media. No business in their right mind doesn't have social media. Um, some people have got multiple accounts. How do you manage all of those? Tell us, what do you guys do? So we've been around for eight years already. We were literally known as the social media guys, and pretty much every digital agency came to us when their clients asked, you know, what what do we do in the social space and right. how do we manage it? And this was actually before brands uh, were involved. You know, it was only personal profiles. So we've had um, quite a number of, of clients and experiences over the years to know – uh, you know, what to do, what not to do, how to manage these social media profiles, etc. We actually built a product at one stage to help uh, manage workflow. 
Um, and then w- what happened was obviously, you know, in, in managing millions of different users tweeting at you um, from different accounts, uh, we, we looked for a tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we found Hootsuite, which is uh, probably, well, it actually yeah. is the global leader. There are 12 million people using it. Uh, 800 of the Fortune 1000 companies are, are using the platform. So from an enterprise uh, you know, perspective in managing social media, it's, it's definitely the world leader. So today we are uh, the African partner. Sure. Um, you know, looking to bring the expertise in terms of not only the product, but also the strategy, the, the additional integrations and services that come along with it. Okay. I mean, that's quite a serious, I mean, African partner. That's quite a, that's quite a serious statement, right? I Indeed. mean, Africa We're is growing. Because, I mean, Africa's, we lagged behind for a while, but now with all these undersea cables landing in every single port and really putting Africa on the map, Social media is right up there. I mean, we watch YouTube, we watch, we do Instagram, we do tweets and luck, luck, the best of the world. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, uh, we in Africa have leapfrogged the desktop. I mean, we know it's a mobile first, um, you know, environment. And with that comes many opportunities from, you know, transactional banking, where I think we're probably leaders in the world. Um, and, you know, other countries only dream of having sure. access to services like we do through mobile. So social media is proliferating quite nicely. Uh, Instagram, I think, is the fastest growing one in, in South Africa itself. Uh, we heard of pretty much the death of Mixit yeah. uh, a short yeah. while ago. <laughs> so lots of lots happening in the space and, and, and lots that brands and corporates should be aware of. Okay, so now... Does, you know, whenever you say enterprise grade, people always think that you've got to earn a million dollars a month before you can even talk to anyone on an enterprise grade system. But I mean, Hootsuite kind of does cater for small businesses as well. You don't have to be this managing multi-million dollar campaigns to be able to use the platform. Most definitely. In fact, there, there are over 12 million people who use it worldwide. They've got a freemium uh, model. So anyone uh, with an internet connection can literally log on and, and start using it. And from there, it's got different tiers. So you've got the pro version, which costs about $10 a month, also not bad at all. Uh, and then it goes up to enterprise where you're looking uh, across the organization, different silos, Empowering your employees, leveraging okay. uh, different platforms. Yeah. All right, so you can actually scale depending on the business that you're trying Most to operate with. Yeah. It can actually work. Sure. Okay. That's quite cool. So now tell me the freemium. What do I get as a freemium before we get into the other topics? Yeah. So you get uh, pretty much most features. Uh, you get a limitation of how many accounts and streams you okay. get. Uh, you get, you have to pay for integrating into other apps and services, like for example Zendesk, if you want to do yeah. CRM. Uh, and then pro, you get a little bit more, and enterprise, you get unlimited. Uh, so it's more about getting kind of you into it, understand you're getting value for your money, sure. and then upgrade as you need to. Sure. But do you find people are just happy with their freemium version? They just don't, they've got a little business, they're happy to stick to that? Or? Yeah, I think um, the, the nice thing is I think they've got over an 85% um, renewal rate okay. on, on an annual basis. So that's quite high. That's quite people high. are very happy with the services. And, you know, I think maybe just to look at a bit of history uh, about social media. So, you know, in any organization, what happened was there was one social media advocate, one guy who put up their hand or lady, <laughs> you know, I want to try this thing and, and basically started playing around. Um, and then as the, as the organization started to see a little bit more value, you, you know, that person generally got more people involved and that became a social media team, maybe even a department. 
And then what happened was, um, you know, with your different kind of departments, you've got IT, you've got customer service, you've got sales, you've got marketing, you've got complaints. Um, so, so it became necessary for your whole enterprise to actually start looking at how you can leverage social um, mm. to, to derive value. But I think we're we on round two now. I mean, we've had the whole, I'm going to experiment with this thing, um, you know, and now we pretty much, I must have this thing. Um, people are, you know, people are bitching and mining um, about companies all the time. Mm. Companies now want to be aware of what's actually sure. going on. Um, and I think that in the past, it used to be a bit of a sales that you had to do to your business to say, look, we need to be in there. But I think people have pretty much got it now. They understand yeah. that they need to be as part of that conversation and yeah. at least tap into what's happening, what's happening yeah, in the market. I mean, out if there. a brand's not there, they're certainly being spoken about. And I think the figure is only 3% of companies worldwide actually Respond and engage with their customers sure. uh, on a complaints right. basis. Yes, they probably no, do, but uh, I'm talking about deep listening, um, leveraging the opportunities, you know, and conversations that are taking place online. And then, how is Africa taking on the service in general? Yeah. Um, well, I think uh, you know. Again, if you look at the large corporations, um, there are already quite a few existing customers on an enterprise level of Hootsuite, which okay. is great. Okay. I mean, it is a world leader, um, and they're not too many competing products. So, you know, now with a local partner, it, it becomes easier for companies to to take on board, to start integrating, and to have the you know the service that that you would expect from a local partner. Okay. And then you mentioned freemium versus paid. Um, what's the difference between the two? So obviously I come to your website and I want to go, okay, I'm free, but I want to see what more you have to offer. What more do you actually have to, to offer? Sure. So, you know, things like governance workflow. So for example, if you have an organization, let's take a bank. You might want to enable branch managers at your individual branches to actually have access to social and be able to respond. Yeah. So on the freemium model, it becomes difficult to do that. You know, if you, if you're a one man show, then, you know, the freemium model is probably good for you. But as soon as you start going beyond that. Yeah. So for example, um, you may want someone to approve each tweet or post that goes out. How do you do that? To ensure from a spelling mistake perspective or from a corporate governance perspective, yeah. uh, you know, how do you ensure that, um, we as an organization are aligned? And that's where, you know, the enterprise version really comes into its own. It allows you to be able to ha- uh, give people access to your accounts. Okay. Um, without, um, any risk. So, you know, you don't have to give your, your Twitter handle password out. The, the tool actually goes into the, into the social network. And you can give a hundred people access oh, and nice. you can approve posts before they go live, for example. Yeah. Um, so there is an approval system. Correct. So there's a workflow. Uh, for example, you could integrate into call centers or if a specific issue at a branch comes in, you could then tag it, escalate it to the right team and manage the process on the back end to be able to push it back out into social. Fantastic. So, Oh, sorry. The question is of having local partnerships. So yes. we got a tweet from Mark. Sorry, I was reading the tweet. Didn't push the right button. Yes. Um, <laughs> I want to know basically what does it mean by having someone locally? Because we've, we've been able to access Hootsuite in the past. I mean, you can go to the website, yeah. download the software and just sign up. What does it mean to actually have you guys on the ground? It's a very good question. So I think, um, 
for for big enterprise it's it's extremely important some of our some of our inter, some of our companies are restricted or motivated rather by this uh, BE scorecards right. so that helps and we're dealing with a number of uh, government institutions big lo- big enterprises on that level where it becomes difficult to contract with international companies um, and then just l- that local understanding of market, you know. Absolutely. Um, we had them out here for a week. We went around to different clients, and, and the comment that came back was, "There's no ways yeah. they could they could service a, a market like this without a local partner because it's just the way we do business. Things are different." No, but I think that's great because we we often speak about this on the show that you take something from the states and you go file save as Africa, and you wonder <laughs> why it doesn't work. You know, um, we're very very different here. Um, and exactly that is that just things just happen differently. Yeah. You tell someone in, like, you know, in a lot of these countries, sorry, we have load shedding, can't talk to you now. <laughs> they, they, they don't understand what you're talking about. Um, so the fact that they've seen it on the ground yeah. themselves, it's going to, I suppose, is a good final stamp of approval to say that you do need someone who understands the local companies Correct. and you know, our local madness as we operate. I mean, Santon was shut down the other day for an EFF march. It was yeah. just like, you know, what? <laughs> the hub of the country yeah. just decided to stop because people decided to march. So what do you do uh, as, as a business? You try to work with the overseas guy saying, I need support, but it's got to be before 2 o'clock because I've been kicked out of my office. <laughs> yeah, not going to happen, right? Yeah. Um, so the other question that, that has come through is there's a lot of talk about ORM, you know, yes. online reputation management. Yes. Um, tell us about that. Just kind of give us the background of what, that, what does that mean for my business? Okay, I think that's probably one of the most important tools that a business can use, especially on Twitter. Um, you know, brands often think that they have to create content, they have to push it out. The question you asked earlier, you know, nobody's going to wake up and be excited to hear what a yeah. toothpaste brand, you know, says about, uh, you know, brushing your teeth on Twitter. <laughs> so that's where RM comes into play. So, you know, I think there's a number of levels that that you can use ORM. So firstly, what does it mean? Online reputation management or monitoring. So you are able to listen to the conversations that are happening not only on Twitter but on pretty much any online um, content, you know, piece mm. of content. So um, I, I always give the example of coffee. So for a coffee brand, just like toothpaste, to start tweeting makes no sense. But right. what if you could? Listen to people who are, for example, up late at night. You know, I'm so tired or are in a brainstorm or are in a meeting. Then there's an opportunity for a brand to actually engage in that conversation either by way of maybe even sending them a coffee or um, making them think of coffee. And for me, that's much more valuable than actually just tweeting out random 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 tweets. So that's just on one level. Uh, On another level, it allows you to do actual research. So, in other words, if you're going to launch a product, um, let's assume he has, you know, he has a, a nice beverage that I'm drinking. Um, it's non-alcoholic. If I <laughs> no, no, this is, this is pure water. <laughs> but what if you, what if you wanted to, um, to analyze and research? Are people worried about drinking sugar, mm-hmm. right? Or you know, real sugars, natural sugars? You could actually start to segment the conversations around that, and. Uh, and actually start to adjust your business processes. You're offering your pricing based on, on right. the research that's coming back. Okay. So that's, that's what we call like deep listening and, and putting together research um, based on what consumers are, are thinking about, which is unbelievable. 
Well, a lot of it has got to be with that deep listening as well. Because the, these, yes, you've got to listen to what your clients are saying about you and, you know, and take it all on board. But sometimes you also want to take a step back and do a helicopter view and kind of listen and understand more than just listen. Um, and, and make your play based on what's, what your research shows you. Sure. I mean, um, a, a good measure is share of voice for brands. So, you know, how do, you know, a company always asks, how do we actually increase our sales? And one of the most fundamental ratios is your, your share of voice over your market share. Now, if that's, if more than one, then you're doing a good job. So don't, don't just talk for the sake of talking. You've got mm-hmm. to be relevant and, and meaningful, but to understand what your competitors are, are doing and, and what consumers are getting excited about allows you to actually adjust your marketing strategies. Yes, now, Angie wants to know on the same kind of topic, it's to do with searching for keywords and phrases. Yes. So that basically, from what I'm kind of making out in the tweet, it's more of, you know, can I put a, a phrase and then whenever that phrase comes up with my business associated or in a related field, I must be alerted so I can actually take some action. Yeah, 100%. I love that. So both from an ORM perspective and Hootsuite, what's awesome is you can actually add a search stream. Uh, so if it's a phrase or right. a hashtag, and it literally appears in your stream and you get notified. And that allows you to start engaging in, in the conversations, just like we said. So I might want to put, you know, a boardroom meeting as a phrase. And every time that comes up, I'm going to start talking about coffee, change the conversation right, to right, coffee. Right. And so if you as a business know what kind of conversations you need to listen to, you can very effectively start engaging with customers in that way. The question, I mean, but our business is doing it because the – also, especially in South Africa, because one thing I tested it the other day where I said, uh, my car got started, I'm looking to buy a new car. And then the per- people that instantly jumped on this was Uber. They were all <laughs> over this and they were, am- they were amazing, but nobody else did. Now I was think, I would assume yeah. that if you've got one of those search phrases of like stolen yeah. car, the insurance people should have been on this. The, um, I don't know, the new car yeah. people should have, somebody should have been saying, so sorry to hear it, but Avis, here's a rental Correct. car. We can help you out. Come and talk to us. I'm not doing something for free, but more of kind of just, at least just, I don't know, reach out. So mm. that's a, that's a fantastic point. I mean, the stat that two to three percent of brands are actually engaging in conversations online is, is true in that way. So only if you actually mentioned at there a specific exactly. car name would they have responded or if you did a complaint. Exactly. But very, very rarely are, are organizations, um, monitoring this for sales leads and opportunities. It's, just, it's, it's right um, there. It's for the picking. 100%. So that's also what ORM and right. deep listening allows you to do. It allows you to be more responsive. Um, and start to activate. So imagine now using Hootsuite here as my little console. Um, I could now send that lead into a salesperson. Absolutely. And you could get a phone within minutes. I mean, you imagine that. And that's just wow. You know, it's, that's what that's what the kind of stuff that you're looking for. There's a story. There was a guy on a plane, and he complained about the smell of the plane just before it took off. And literally two minutes later, a hostess came up to him and said, "Sorry, sir, can we either move you or put on the aircon wow. for you?" Yeah. You know, that's the type that's of customer want. experience that that is possible. That's insane. But, yeah. but but it's so easy. I mean, if you think technically, I mean, it's so easy to do. This is not hard stuff. This isn't you got to buy so much kit to, and you know, you got to you got to get employer research company and you, 
least you can literally go into Hootsuite today, yes. put a search phrase, and just watch it and just refresh it. Correct. And mm. you'd be surprised that, you know, as to how many actual conversations are, are going to be filtered into your stream. Now, now obviously, you, you, you'll wean out the stuff that doesn't make any sense. But um, the one that people often complain, complain online, look, people like to bitch all the time. Okay? Sure. I mean, let's be honest. Um, and when they always say, look, my bank is this and my bank is that. Ideal opportunity for somebody to jump in and say, well, if you come to my bank, you know, um, we <laughs> yeah, but will. you got to be careful because then someone else from that bank sure, will say, sure. oh, don't come to this bank. Love know. it, but let's have the, let's have the conversation, <laughs> you sure. know, rather than kind of leave, sure. leaving you, leaving you hanging. All right. We'll be back after this just for some more updates and information to do with social media. If you've got a business and you've got some questions you want to filter in through us, do that. Let's put right on the spot here. No question. No, 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 no pressure at all. Right, we'll be right back after this. This is CliffCentral.com. And we are back. Sorry about that. That was a bit of a finger problems. Um, yeah, no, fun. I think it's because we got excited because we're getting lots of questions coming in. That's where it was. I'm going to go to that. I'm going to stick to that story. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> Fine. So, Daryl, you got to shoot up with your questions. Start yeah. off with that. Uh, okay, cool. So, say for instance, I'm a business. Okay, I have a hair gel product or, or something, and I want to use Hootsuite to promote my business. But I want to find out which social media platform is good for me. So, obviously, as a techie, I know that it would probably be Instagram or Facebook or somewhere like that, something multimedia orientated. So, <laughs> how do companies find this out, which social media platform to target? Okay, I, I think that um, firstly the tool is irrelevant. I think w- where you've got to start is uh, understanding who your audience is, right? So are, you, are they on these platforms? Um, are they, what age profile are they? Um, you know, how are they going to consume your product? So that's where you've got to start. And then what you can do is you can look at the different um, social media and online platforms to see are your audience actually there. Okay. And then decide which platforms you're going to use. Now, when you do use platforms and, and you know, in a lot of cases you're going to use more than one, um, the important thing is how you're going to use that. So yeah. don't, don't just push out content, this, you know, the same kind of content on Facebook as you do on Twitter and Instagram because that's really… And uh, mix it up a bit. Correct. So the way you actually use the different platforms will then differ. So Twitter might be used as, you know, uh, a complaints line or a customer support line. Okay. Um, Facebook might be more engaging. Instagram might be more lifestyle orientated or inspiring. So okay. depending on, on what product, um, you know, you, you want to sell, that's how you would uh, differentiate between the platforms. So essentially brands need to mix it up a little bit. They shouldn't stick to one platform. Definitely not. And, and often it's difficult for a, a company or a brand to do that because, you know, they've got their day job to do. Yeah. So, um, I think in today's world, it's, it's about social media skills. You know, firstly, I think organizations should train up their employees. And I mean, imagine your whole organization empowered on social. Uh, if, if every, if every yeah, consumer sure. or if every person has 300 friends on average, Multiply that by the number of employees, and that's your that's your reach, your potential, you know, uh, organic reach. Yeah, and those are tweeting and retweeting. I mean, if you think about, remember, Best Buys did that with Twelve Force. They yes. they yeah. they gave all their staff, their skilled staff, as they call them, um, the ability to tweet. And people sent in questions, and whenever they saw a question about which TV should I get or what console should I get, the Twelve Force guys quickly jumped in and kept on. And there was no sales pitch. It wasn't come to us and we'll get it for you at X rate. 
It was all about um, just answering the question. Yeah. I mean, uh, Century 21 are actually probably the biggest users of Hootsuite Enterprise. They've got 18,000 people around the world wow. using Hootsuite. Now, imagine imagine how much um, power or how you empower your employees by doing that, you know, by responding to people in your local areas, by pushing out particular properties that might be for sale, answering questions. But now the question is 18,000 people. How do you manage that? How do you ensure that people are not giving away trade secrets? Um, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. So that, that, that was exactly the question Aaron just sent now to say, isn't it dangerous opening up your business to your staff being able to use it? Well, I think just uh, innately social media can be dangerous i mean we've heard of uh, of new york fashion designers who give you know interns the the credentials to their uh. twitter account and almost you know lose all their all their fans um so innately it is dangerous but i, I think using a, a tool like this actually uh, it adds a layer of, of security um to your account because you can uh, give them the hootsuite credentials as opposed right. to the twitter ones right, right, right. and then you can approve everything that goes out Okay, so, so I think that's your previous question about why use the premium kind of or yeah. the upgraded version. Yeah. That makes complete sense. So you can even – it's like training wheels. Let them start tweeting. You can see what they're up to and go, yes, I'm happy with that, not happy with that. Let yeah. them learn for a while before you take off the training wheels. Correct. Yeah, it's that sense of security with the, appro- with the approval system. Yeah, but it also gives kind of the gray-haired mm. execs a bit of comfort to know that, yes. hold on, I can still approve or deny. Yeah, Correct. I've got and some even, control. Even more so when you have, when you, when your company's big enough to actually have a full-time agency managing your mm. social media, the same thing applies. So then it comes down to approval of content, scheduling content, um, escalating issues that may be happening into the right departments right. and the organizations, all of those kind of things. I mean, how, how do you find working with agencies and a company? Because you know, there's, there's a, a, one school of thought says, no, never outsource your social, do it yourself because you understand your own business. The other school of thought is, no, 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 you run your business and let us worry about what we do best is managing your social. Kind of, it kind of swings and roundabouts both ways, right? Yeah, I think there are pros and cons for, for both arguments. I think, again, it depends on the type of organization and, and the number of resources that you have. I mean, ultimately, what the company's going to ask themselves is, if I'm paying my, my social media X, I could probably employ two people right. in-house to do sure. that. So that, that's always going to be, you know, the driving force. And then it comes down to being able to skill, upskill those, those, um, employees. Um, I think, you know, there are different levels of it. So from a customer service perspective, um, you should probably do that in-house. If you are doing that um, externally, then they should have the tools to be able to escalate internally quite rapidly, which we've done for many different brands. Um, Yeah, so schools of thought in both both directions – and it's not not right and wrong. I suppose one brand might warrant a full-time staff to just manage this, where yeah. another brand might say, no, I, I don't know this tech stuff. Let yeah, somebody else do it. I mean, you, take websites. When they originally came mm. up, you know, you had all these independent guys, you know, building websites. And eventually, large corporations started to have their own webmasters and IT departments. So sure. I think the same kind of trend will eventually happen. Um, but, you know, the one issue is that this world changes so fast. I mean, you guys know literally every day, every week, there are different products, different social networks. I mean, uh, Instagram was integrated into Hootsuite uh, a short while ago. So how, do, how does a brand with a day job uh, mm-hmm. actually, you know, 
you exactly. know, doing, doing what they have to do every day to bring in the money, actually mm. do it. So it, you know, that's when agencies, um, start to play a role in keeping brands on, you know, on the cutting edge. Look, I mean, with a lot of my kind of consulting work that I've done with a com- with a lot of companies, I find that, um, a brand might have a view. And they always think it's the right view. <laughs> okay. You know, they, um, there I say, but, um, the last thing is bringing outside experience is that like as an agency, you don't deal with one customer, you deal with lots. So you know a trend, what works and what doesn't, you know, try this, try that. Yes. Um, and that's kind of the thing that you want to bring into the business, into the business, the best of breed, the best of, of the industry. What's everybody doing? Um, you know, a brand might have this amazing idea because they had a drunken kind of get together last night. And you know, we're now going to do YouTube clips. And you go, no, that's never going to work <laughs> for you guys. You know, go Instagram. Um, yeah. so it, it, I suppose there is a mixture of both, a mixture of both. Yeah. I think the most successful, you know, partnerships or collaborations we've seen is when, when the brand actually trusts, you know, their, their agency and when mm. there's a long-term relationship. Um, but that, and that, that comes with understanding as well. So you understand their business. Correct. Often what happens is a brand will, will want to control everything. Right. Uh, and that's, you know, that becomes a problem because, you know, what do you, what do you have, what are you having an agency for? Right, right, right. Um, you know, th- there's also, there's a new school of thought around influencers and using celebrities to help your brand leverage sure. further reach. And typically what happens is a brand will want to script the tweet or right. the conversation. Mm. Which never works. Yeah. What you've got to do is you've actually got to go to the influencer and say, listen, this is your audience. How do, How do you yeah. suggest we should do it to, to get the best results? And when that happens, no, you I know, agree. you can have phenomenal results. Uh, okay. So from on the receiving side of this scripted messaging side of it, yes. it, it, it drives us insane because, you know, we know how to speak to our audience because that's what we have an audience. So when people say no, you will say the following at this day, at this time, um, and you will say it in such machine language. No, oh, it's no. not going to work. The answer is no. Um, so we, we've, you know, a lot of people have actually pushed back and I said, look, you want to talk to our audience. That's yeah. why you brought us on board. Let us talk to yeah. our audience. And we're not going to take your message and copy and paste it. Sure. There's uh, a case study um, out of uh, the Cannes Lions Festival this year uh, of David Guetta. So GH Mum was a champagne or is a champagne brand and they wanted to target the youth. Uh, people, you know, youth aren't drinking champagne anymore. So they went to David Guetta and they said, how do we do this? And he actually wrote his song Dangerous, the Formula One song, right. for specifically for this purpose, which I didn't even know until wow. after the fact. Wow. I mean, when it's done well, wow. look at that. You guys sure. know the song. You heard it in your car before yeah. you even knew it was a, it was Brilliant. brand sponsored. No, but but that, that, that's understanding your market, understanding yeah. your audience, but also the champagne guys saying, you know what? We trust you. Correct. Let's I mean, work together to make. You're this not going to get David Guetta wearing Calvin Klein <laughs> underwear. Yeah, he's he's going to say, "What is your brand bringing to my followers?" Exactly, and vice versa. And that's the collaboration that you have to do with influencers, with agencies, etc. But I think we've we've seen it a lot where you can where you can see something is forced. You know, um, we've often had requests for, "Would you talk about our latest makeup?" Uh, no, <laughs> okay, but we'll pay. No, <laughs> because my audience is a tech audience. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. want to know, unless they make up tweets. <laughs> or maybe they've got a makeup app. But, uh, yeah. or, or something. <laughs> give me an angle. Okay, give me mm. something I can use. But we can see when it's forced. Um, and you can see when it's a sponsored thing because the person got paid. And yeah. Nothing wrong with it, but it's got to be done in a genuine, sure. in, in a genuine mm. way. And exactly what you're saying, when it's kind of shoved down your throat, yeah. um, yeah, you just you, you, a, people are just going to repel against it. It's like giving out your credentials to someone who doesn't know what they're doing, and then immediately your audience goes down yeah. to zero because exactly. it's not you anymore. You know, ma- ma- making that happen. 
Um, so as we're coming towards the end, a lot of people want to know what can they practically do. So I suppose let's maybe talk about different businesses. Yes. Um, there is exactly what Daryl was saying earlier that do you go on every single platform? I mean, do you, must you be on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and, 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 or should you be selective? I think you should definitely be selective. Um, but having said that, you should definitely listen. So we have a, a lot of brands, for example, that are not on Twitter because they don't really have anything relevant to say. Right. However, we are monitoring Twitter yeah. okay. in case people are, you know, putting out comments or there's opportunities to engage, then we'll engage. So I think first understand the strategy, understand where your audience are. Talk to an agency to help you if you if you are unsure if you can't do it yourself, right. and then be selective. Definitely. So should there be a like magic number of how many platforms a company should be on? Like one to three, one to five? Absolutely not. I think <laughs> okay. the the nice thing about this space is it's it's not like the old school TV and radio. You don't have to commit millions of rands of budget to produce a TV ad and then commit right, to it for right. eighteen months on air. Yeah. So don't be scared to trial things. You know. So, See I mean, how your audience responds. Uh, and on that, I mean, the kind of the whole A-B testing I spoke about on, I mean, about the cloud um, sourcing platforms, it's very easy to test things on these social media because they, first of all, they decay so quickly. So you can try something. If it doesn't work, try it slightly differently. See if, we, if you're getting a different, a different response to that. Right? Sure. I think for brands, in fact, one of the biggest missed opportunities is actually engaging your consumers to create products. And we call that collaborating or co-creation of actual content or any service. I mean, there's a, there's a, um, a communications company in the UK called GifGaf. Mm-hmm. Their complete customer service is run by their, by their fans because they're so passionate about it. Within seconds that they're answering. I mean, imagine not having to have so, a whole support team. What a win. Yeah. So, you know, various different opportunities across the spectrum for brands. If they actually co-create vitamin water, actually created a product where they crowdsourced what color should it be? What should it taste like? What should we call it? And, you can imagine if your consumers help you create this product, Guess what? they're going to consume uh, it. Absolutely. If, you you're part, if you're part of the process, Correct. and you're going to say, look what I contributed to, guess what? I'm your client. It's, it's the Kickstarter model. No, so exactly. if you could create a phone with these specs at that price, how many people would buy it? Uh, and when it hits 10,000 or whatever your magic number is, then, then, then go into production. So nice. the opportunities are vast and it's very exciting. That's good. Social, social media is where it's at. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, I, the last thing is that also because, I mean, we haven't even spoken about it, but I mean, it's a given these days that it's mobile. I mean, we've all got our mobile mm, phones sure. with us. So you tweet the whole time. You, um, and people have stopped actually making phone calls. So you go into a restaurant. If they, if you have to wait too long, you don't phone the manager or you don't ask for the manager. You straight onto Twitter. Of course. And going, Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm so and so. And they told us it'll be an hour <laughs> wait. And, uh, yeah. And then people react to that. But I suppose the good companies react to it. The bad companies ignore it and hoping it will go away. Yeah, but it never goes away. You. Sure. There, there's, no. a, there's a story that I think I'll leave you with is that, you know, 20 years ago, if you look at it, take the analogy of a party, the brand controlled the party. They controlled what communication went out into the party and the consumers, you know, interacted a little bit. Today, the, it's the reverse. So right. today, the, the party's at the consumer's house and the brand is actually lucky enough to get through the front door. <laughs> so you've got to create the content and have the tools to be able to engage in that way. Okay, I mean, that, that, that makes sense, especially when it's in your palm of your hands the whole time. 
Correct. I mean, that mobile infiltrated our lives. We got to sleep with an extra bed. We wake up first thing. We check is that fine. We got a movie with on there with you, and you often hear the guy. I can't talk. I'm in a movie. <laughs> and the next thing they're on WhatsApp, and they're just sending the same conversation. You know. <laughs> so um, that is the power of the consumer bringing it back to me, me, me. And everybody wants to be me, 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 and shout the loudest and make every, make brands do what I want. Um, on the other hand, there's always this whole thing of. Well, if somebody complains, do we have to bow down to every single complaint? So I suppose businesses have to come up with processes to deal with yeah. the good, the bad, and the ugly. I think ugly. you should look at it as an opportunity. It, it's, it's, it's about having a one-on-one conversation with your consumer, which takes us back to a right. hundred years ago with the local corner shop, you know. Absolutely. When you actually knew them by name Correct. and face. And so that's, that's, it's going full circle. Yeah. Uh, you know, the whole thing of you can spend lots of money spraying a, whole, a campaign somewhere, uh, you know, on newspaper or TV and mm. hope for the best. Whereas here, you can actually watch and pinpoint target specific individuals, specific communities, bridges, the people who bridge between communities, get them to see who the influencers are and then deal with them directly and get your message out there. Much more cost effective. No, much, much more cost effective. Um, but all right, if people want more information, how can they get a hold of you, the company? They can tweet me at Emote AFR, short for Africa. They can visit us at uh, emoteafrica.com. Uh, my email address, ryan at emoteafrica.com. Okay, perfect. And if they need just quick information, everything's on your site, be able to help them out. That's it. That's what we want to do in this show. Um, all right, very, very cool. So that, that, that was Ryan. Um, he's got some very, very other, you know, a lot of very cool ideas as well. So I think that's great. sorry, that's the last thing I'll kind of, we'll tap onto this is that you might have, um, within your business, you might think you want to do it a certain way. Um, the nice thing is by kind of seeing what you have seen with all your clients, you'll understand besides what works and what doesn't, but you might have a cool, funky idea that they never would have thought of. And maybe sometimes it's okay to push that envelope out a little bit. Um, and I suppose that's what social media is all about, right? Indeed. Okay. So it's all coming, it's all coming back to that. All right. We're going to end off on some quick gaming stuff because awesome. we've got, um, Daryl and Daryl just does nothing else with his life but game. Hey. Uh, okay. Hey. So you, you do, you do some, I think. I do right. a bit of photography here and there. Oh yeah. That's also true. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Lots of games. There. So that's coming up right now. If that actually works, that will be actually lovely too. So today my buttons are all <laughs> over the place. Uh, Duncan's looking at me going, what the hell are you doing today? Are you not right? Right, let's do this again. This is cliffcentral.com. Okay, I didn't see how he's moved on mute, man. <laughs> All right, Daryl, talk to me. You've got two games. We're going to do this quite quick. You've got two games that you've been playing with. Yeah. So the one is Halo 5 Guardians, which is an exclusive for the Xbox One. Um, the game follows Master Chief and Blue, Blue Team, who have essentially gone AWOL. And what's happened is they're actually being hunted down by legendary manhunter Spartan Jameson Locke, who is accompanied by Fireteam Osiris. So that's the single-player version of the of game. The name, yeah. But what we really want to look at is the multiplayer, which is absolutely fan-frickin-tastic. <laughs> it is. It, it's such a great multiplayer. I mean, you've got Warzone, which is essentially 16 players um, going up against each other. Massive maps, you've actually got points that you need to um, take over during the game. Um, it's just, it's such a great multiplayer system. 
Okay, next game. Uh, well, before you go off that, yep. to multiplayer, you obviously need an in, an internet yeah, connection. Yeah, of course you need an internet and connection. And how nice is our internet connection these days? I mean, do you need like serious, do you need like serious bandwidth or can you get away with like a two meg ADSL line? Oh, four meg should be alright. And okay. correction on the Warzone, it's 24 players. Oh, jeez, yeah. even bigger. So, okay, right. so yeah, four meg line would, would work perfectly with it, with most games these days. Two megs are right. Okay, but four megs is the, four megs, yeah, is, is, is the way to go. Yeah, let's suppose, with every game that you put into the console, the first thing it does, it does a six gig update. <laughs> so, which takes five days. I anyway. think for those looking to actually move into a new place, you should try and get your house as close to the exchange as, as possible. possible. <laughs> like uh, right next door. Don't I have seen agents now selling it based on the fact that fiber is in the area. Really? It's about time. Too. All right, game number two. <laughs> cool. Game number two is Assassin's Creed Syndicate, um, which is also another cool game. Um, what's essentially happened here is the team have removed the multiplayer element from the game and focused more on the single player storyline, okay. which opens the development team up to make a much bigger game world, which uh-huh. is really, really cool. So previous title, Assassin's Creed Unity, had a very overpopulated, overcrowded Paris. But the game was too small because there was too much yeah, multiplayer. Okay. Now they've got like they've set the game in 1868 in London in the Industrial Revolution. The game follows Jacob and Evie Fry, who are trying to essentially take on the Templars. Now, with the removal of multiplayer, everything the game just looks crisp. It look it runs smoothly, 60 frames per second. It is available on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Okay. And my official score for the game is a 83 out of 100. Okay, that's quite high. Yeah, it, it's Enjoy relatively it. high. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very good game and well worth your time playing. And can you play it more than once? Uh, you could do. There's loads of collectibles that okay. you need to hunt down, loads of... Um, collectibles. Yeah. <laughs> stuff, <laughs> Sorry, to, stuff to do. stuff. There okay. is stuff to find. Lots and lots of stuff. Okay, I, I normally enjoy those games because a lot of them you can run mm. through them quite quickly. And then you go, and now what? I've just spent 800 bucks on the game. And the coolest thing is it's based in London and the landmarks that you can uh, see in this nice. game. You can okay. go to Whitechapel, you can go see Big okay. Ben, you can go see a whole bunch of places as well as follow the Assassin's Creed okay. storyline. So that's quite cool. As yeah, well. um, a lot of these things are actually done by proper studios. I yeah. mean, people don't realize that it's not a man in the basement. Yeah, it's not Mickey Mouse <laughs> okay. and Donald Duck trying okay. to make Fine. video games. So it's quite, quite yeah. a thing. All right, cool. So you're happy with both games? Yeah. What was the score for your Halo one? Uh, nine, 90 out of 100. Ooh, even higher than that. Yeah, it's, it's. But that's exclusive Xbox One, huh? Yeah. Okay. So you need an Xbox One to play it, and it's, it's a phenomenal experience. Okay, I think I see, I see why the red eyes and what you've been doing. <laughs> hold right. on, hold on. There's still upcoming games. There's Fallout. There's Rise of the Tomb Raider that's coming out. And my well. favorite, Call of Duty. And Call of Duty. I'm waiting for that. That's going to, that's All gonna coming be in November. Okay, so watch Auntie News Africa for more. Yep, all the reviews. Okay, Daryl, your Twitter handle one more time. It's at Daryl Linnington. And you can get me on at IT News Africa. All right, cool stuff. Excellent. All right, guys, so a bit of fumbling with my fingers today. I don't know what it is. I think it's a Monday thing. I'm not sure. Long weekend at the river, yeah. I suppose. Um, all right, so cool. Get a hold of us so at Liron underscore S-E-G-E-V or thetechieguy.com. I'm going to push another button. God help us. Let's see if that works. Please let's see. work. Please work. Holding thumbs now. Talking Tech with the Techie Guy, Leroy Seguir.
on cliffcentral.com.